Hello and welcome to LCWS After Dark. I am one of your hosts, Melissa. And I'm Eli. And it's very funny how you immediately get quieter when we start recording. Do you know that you do that? Yes. I don't know (laughs) how to do it. Um, You get nervous. It's probably a mixture of nervousness and not wanting my voice to sound horrible. Like, nah, you're fine when you talk normally. Don't worry about it. I say, the person with anxiety. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I I think well, I just overthink it a lot, and... I think you do. Yeah. Just For stop sure. thinking. Just stop being anxious. Just, yeah, just stop. Thank you, I'm cured. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, you're welcome. To go do some exercise, stand in the sunlight, and eat some kale. Do some yoga. Do some yoga. Fun fact, it's not sunny right now. It is raining. Wow. It's a pathetic fallacy. Something's bad. Something bad has happened in the kingdom. Okay, it's it's like... It's like not raining, but it's like rainy weather. Sort of dealio. Yeah. The sun is shrouded by the clouds. (laughs) Welcome back to... Welcome back to episode six, Writing Queer Characters, brought to you by two queer people. Hell yeah. So, Melissa, yes. what is a queer character or person? What's what's being queer? Um, wow. That is a big question, <laughs> I guess. Um, I asked you a very controversial I am question. definitely not the authority on um, no, creating no, any sort authority. of deception. <laughs> description of what a <laughs> queer person is um no this is ba- gonna be uh this is the only definition that is this valid. feels problematic for legal, reasons, for legal reasons i'm joking you know go ahead it's how you identify finding the things that best describe who you are as a person you know you can yeah. be comfortable with she or they or he or it or anything and you can use that as a a way people refer to you and that is your choice and not up to anybody else Mm -hmm. but it's not inherently what makes you queer you make yourself queer (laughs) (laughs) wow i don't know i feel like (laughs) Um, i think a good way to describe it is um Generally, the widely accepted usage is anyone who is not uh, cisgender and heterosexual, um, both of those things combined. And um, that being Mm -hmm. said, queer is a reclaimed slur, so not everyone will be happy with you using it. It's generally accepted, I would say, by people, I would say, I don't know, 25 and under-ish, it's generally accepted. for other people, it might have been used as a slur against them, so they'll say LGBTQ or LGTB or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep that in mind. Not everyone likes being called queer. Um, and so there are a lot of different types of self-identification, like Melissa said. So the big, the big five, as I'm sure most of you know, are lesbian, gay, transgender, GTV, bisexual. <laughs> 
bisexual. Gosh <laughs> darn it, Eli. Bisexual. How I dare know. you participate bisexual in erasure. bisexual erasure? What? I'm sorry, bisexuals. Um, and you know, there's some people just identify as queer. Some people are asexual. Some people are uh, yeah. non-binary. And depending some people on don't you... like to label themselves yeah. as well. And some people, and depending on who you ask, non-binary can and some some people fall under trans if they're non-binary some people don't it's all very individual it's um it's really just about how you self-identify and yeah there's a lot of overlap in the queer community around a bunch yeah. of different things and there is a huge overlap in the queer community and the neurodivergent community which we'll talk about um next week but i believe you, around 50 percent of autistic people are queer <laughs> So, uh, keep that in mind as well, that oftentimes, um, queer characters will be neurodivergent as well. They'll have, um, other, uh, disorders or disabilities, which is more, it's less that they're queer because they're disabled, uh, it's, and more they have these mental illnesses because they're queer due to the prejudices and other things they face in society. Exception being, of course, things like autism and ADHD, which are not caused by anything other than genetics. Um, mm-hmm. So when we're talking about writing queer characters, generally speaking, it's kind of it's kind of a hot topic. It's similar to the discourse with writing neuro, or neurodivergent characters or writing characters of color about whether you know, people who are not queer should write queer characters. I'm going to say right now, please write queer characters. Please write them. Love to see queer characters. Um, what we don't yeah. like to see is queer characters written very badly. But it's hard to do that because as long as you write them like literally anyone else, congratulations, you've written a queer character. <laughs> When it comes to writing, like, a queer character and not making them a character, one, realize that, you know, I gotta stop saying you know. Anyway. You know. Realize that queer people are just as human and Mm -hmm. just as much a people (laughs) as, you know, straight or cis people. Mm -hmm. And write them as such. Um... And if you don't, you know, have other queer people in your lives that you can, you know, realize that they're people, (laughs) find some, talk to queer people, do research, you know, I gotta stop saying you know, it's distracting me. Mm -hmm. Do research on how to write them, do research on like how not to write them as well yeah. find examples where it's like this is bad representation and then don't do that mm-hmm. and but I, was... I think the the biggest thing is like talk to queer people and get to know them as people mm-hmm. and that will be the the biggest help there is yeah there's a reason people say write what you know and Honestly, when it comes to queer people, yes, there are a lot of common factors, factors, factors. There's a lot of common mindsets and a lot of um, common culture 
within us. We have kind of our own subculture in a way. Uh, when you talk about queer communities as a whole and how we interact. Um, but keep in mind, again, we're individuals. Because while me and Melissa may understand each other on a level that's a bit different than interacting with a cisgender straight person might, there we're also very different. Like, I would say I'm fairly outgoing and I like... Uh, what are our differences? I like working out for fun. I like yeah. languages. And Melissa, you like neuroscience. Hell yeah. And psychology. Yeah. And um, the way we talk is also very different. Mm-hmm. I feel like I pause a lot. I use a lot more, um, what are those terms like, like, or, um, or, you know, you know, filler words. That's yeah, you use a lot of I use a lot, a lot more filler words because my brain is just constantly buffering. <laughs> I, this might just be a me thing, but it feels like your brain does not buffer as much as mine does. And I find myself sometimes getting a little jealous of that. Oh, well, see, I'm not a little so jealous, much jealous is just You, you stop what? and think. Whatever is in my head comes out, which is not always a good thing. <laughs> wow. We're just both jealous of each other. <laughs> in the, most the, the grass is green where you water it, right? It's, you can develop a skill yeah. if you want to develop a That's skill. True. Like If you decide you want to have fewer filler words, you can start making goals to do that. And if I decide I would like to start thinking more, I could. But I'm no thoughts head empty, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, though. Yeah, and one of the things that... Uh, some of the big stereotypes when it comes to writing queer people... We're going to get to homophobia in a minute. Um... But one of the biggest stereotypes, you know, is gay men being effeminate or um, gay men being really fashionable or uh, lesbians. Some, some stereotypes aren't always harmful, but they're, they kind of have a truth to them, like lesbians moving really quickly. Um, but other ones aren't great, like bisexual people being cheaters and things like that. So being aware of those and subverting those stereotypes and misconceptions is really important. I would recommend um, going mm-hmm. and learning about queer culture and what kinds of inside jokes we have. And one thing you need to be aware of, kind of like how when men in common sections say not all men, you have to be aware that when we joke about uh, cisgender and straight people a lot of the times it's not pointed at you it is pointed at the people that are making horrible comments who are homophobic things like that it's if you're not the one doing the thing we're making fun of it's not about you so just be just be aware of that that is a good point yeah um also be aware that not all queer people are particularly friendly to uh, non-queer people. Um, I would personally recommend staying, I'm sorry, staying away from anyone on Tumblr or on Twitter. A lot of, just be aware that a lot of people online, the discourse that goes on is extreme and does not reflect mm-hmm. the real opinions and actions of people in real life because there are so there are so many identities and arguments online about these very specific things. Honestly, 
ignore it. I mean, learn about it, but it don't get sucked into the rabbit hole. Most of the time, it probably won't matter. Unless you're consistently seeing across several sources that this is something important, I wouldn't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Or unless you're like writing a story that heavily involves in like the inclusion of internet communities, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether you're like writing about it in a way to kind of understand it, so to speak, or or coming of juxtapose age it, like if you're trying to write, use it as a way to like analyze the differences between the internet culture and like the real world so to speak mm-hmm. then unless that's what your story's about probably yeah just ignore a lot of what happens on the internet because the <laughs> internet is God. Yeah. is a whole other world yeah and like people behave completely differently on the internet than they do in the real world because of the mask of like an- anonymity yeah and I would With also that comes... be wary of some things. Another thing to avoid would most likely be um, any stories of, you know, discovering a queer identity or, you know, confronting homophobia or things like that. Because, I mean, you can do it, but it's not really your story to tell. And also, just really think about whether you can actually do it justice and if this book is needed because a lot of the times it isn't we have a lot of stories about you know the sadness and hardship that people have gone through and this kind of ties into when i wanted to talk about homophobia when to use homophobia in books because realistically in the world queer characters will face homophobia. It's inevitable. No matter what kind of extra liberal space you're in, you're going to face homophobia. But books are for fantasies and, well, I guess some of them. It depends on what kind of book you're writing. But a lot Memoirs of Memoirs are, are not fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> people people go into book for, books for escape. And, you know, if you're in a fantasy world, you're in, like, I don't know, Valhalla or in, I don't know, some brand new world that you created. Is homophobia really necessary? Why can't they just live? Why can't they just be? Yeah, if you're imagining a whole nother world and creating a whole nother world, how would, like, you're not required to include things that are accurate in the real world. Mm-hmm. I came across um, this kind of thinking um, back when I was much younger and, you know, doing research on uh, characters that were people of color and they had kind of a similar sentiment. And I was like, yeah, you know what? When I read, I really, I personally hate coming across homophobia. That's just me. Um, I know some people appreciate the realism. I prefer not to, I like, I like happier stories to be fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just nice to, you know, see, queer people existing mm-hmm. and just being themselves without worrying about well without being a reflection of your life so to speak mm-hmm. if you face those sort of traumas and hardships and treatment yeah one thing that does it really well is Baldur's Gate 
game of probably the year that Melissa watched me play a bit yesterday. Um, where, you know, you have characters, you can choose what they look like, and then you can choose um, how they identify and their voice and their genitals, which was a surprise, um, without any of them necessarily being interconnected to each other, which was nice. And you don't face homophobia in the game either. There's no big hoopla about it. You just romance whoever you'd like to romance in the game, and it never really comes up. It's like, it's not, whoa, guy dating guy? What? So, yeah. We can also That's talk a nice. bit about uh, your character, Mercury, from the last episode. Yeah. They're just an angry, non-binary person. <laughs> <laughs> But they're not angry because they're non-binary. They're angry because the world it has like this corruption spreading throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by corruption, I mean like it's physically eating at the away at the world. Um, and they want to try to fix it, and they don't know how to, and they're trying to figure it out. So they're really angry about it because. That is a very difficult thing to try to fix the whole world, especially putting it just on yourself. But, you know, there's that aspect. But they also just so happen to be non-binary. And you can see that in, like, the way characters refer to them. Uh, You know, they refer to them as they, them. And Mm -hmm. that, like, indicates, like, they don't ascribe to binary... um, terms mm-hmm. of pronouns and you and don't necessarily have to explicitly say that someone is a lesbian or they're non-binary listeners yeah. or readers are smart they'll figure it out yeah exactly they pick up on cues like that especially if they're queer themselves um <laughs> you can find a lot of like queer people identifying with like characters in books that are not explicitly queer but they've picked up on like the subtext of the character Mm -hmm. um and it's like yeah you're one of us (laughs) (laughs) you know they've kind of adopted characters because you know they can they can see those the subtext and they can pick up on that sort of stuff yeah ophelia also we read hers i believe in the last one as well or the one before, or the episode before that, uh, Ophelia as well. There's kind of like a hint where they're talking about um, this locket that she has around her neck of a woman, and they're like, "Is that your sister? Is that your friend? Is that a lover?" Um, and the truth is, Ophelia is a lesbian. So yeah, it's it doesn't always have to be this big reveal. It can they can just be, just like how yeah. you. people expect characters to you know be white and to be straight and says you can also have that with characters just being themselves it doesn't have to be this big show yeah you don't have to make it a point to point it out sort of thing Mm -hmm. they can just exist as they are yeah do you have any other tips or tricks melissa I don't know. (laughs) Um, Can you think of any examples of, like, queer stories that you've read? 
that are like yes. really good examples? So some that I can think of are the fifth season is queer. We talked about the fifth season before. They use um, first, second, and third person, and the main character is queer and polyamorous, and there's trans characters in there. Um, as a child, I read the secret. Or the name of this book is Secret Series, um, and the grandparents are queer, and. Um, what else have I read? There's a lot of web comics that I read um, that I find queer representation in. So there's uh, web comics like Shoot Around. There's um, I'm trying to come up with the names off the top of my head. Um, there's a series called Boyfriends, which is uh, a polycule of like four guys who are all in a relationship with each other, um, and one of them is trans. Um, what else? A lot of the content that I read is queer. Um, I come across it without really looking for it that much because, you know, I kind of gravitate towards that the most. Um, yeah. Oh, there is an example. It was in a video game called um, The Outer Worlds. Oh. Um, it is like this sci-fi like uh I don't know like, I'm like thinking like kind of steampunky I don't know if it's actually it just has that vibe but there's this one character that you can have as your companion mm -hmm. and I got I was so happy when she like talked to you about um being asexual yeah and I didn't know that was gonna be a part of the game she's just like this really cool like mechanic person um who like is your ship's mechanic and she ends up uh like getting a crush on this other girl that you guys meet and it's just she's such a lovely character mm -hmm. and it was just so nice to see pop up in a video game when i wasn't expecting it yeah there's also um so another webtoon is not so shoujo love story it's about two girls um and then there's celeste which is a story of a trans well actually it was an uh, someone who realized they were trans while making the game and it's sort of an allegory for coming out and you know understanding yourself and um tv shows she-ra the the new she-ra you know the two main characters are lesbians and you know they actively declare their love for each other there's also um the owl house there's a lot of queer content out now and it's mm -hmm. really great to see because as a kid it would have been fantastic to see more of it um mm -hmm. yeah we'll yeah see. i know it would have been it, yeah a lot of the stuff that i watched growing up was very heterocentric mm -hmm. and um, i think um no i don't know what i think go ahead <laughs> oh no i don't know what i think either this oh sounds no like a problem no thoughts head empty yes very much so yeah, I um, guess... Some books that I've read recently. Mm -hmm. um, I recently read Alice Oseman's Loveless, mm -hmm. which is like one of those more co like coming of age stories. It centers a character who um, is their in their first year of university mm -hmm. and are just realizing throughout the story that they're queer and that they're they don't experience the world like 
their peers seem to. Mm-hmm. And um, it also, like, grapples with, like, this idea of, like, you know, she, she doesn't experience, like, sexual attraction or romantic attraction. And grappling with this idea of, like, can I still experience love? Which absolutely can because like she has really good friends and it's like a found family sort of story and it kind of highlights just how important platonic love is to yeah that's a common theme you'll see in a lot of queer media is found family because a lot of us lose our family when we find out um yeah so that's a very important cornerstone there's also a online webcomic I can't remember the name off the top of my head it's about two hockey players that fall in love one is very obviously gay and then the other one um the other one you know isn't sure about his feelings or whatever but something else uh that I really like about queer media uh as this kind of a last comment before we head out uh before Melissa has her last comment is that with queer media you'll generally find things to break the mold of what is expected of gender roles and people's roles in society in general. So that's kind of why I like queer media so much because we take tropes and we flip them on their heads. Mm-hmm. You take what like you expect and it's like, no, that's not the case here. Mm-hmm. I really like it for the way it portrays different kinds of relationships because often there's like this narrative of um, one way a relationship should progress. Like take a, a romantic relationship. There's like this this expected path that it's supposed to take, you know? First you start dating and then you like become serious and then what's the next step? Oh, we gotta get engaged and then we gotta get married and then we have to have kids. You know, oh, it's this very linear idea. Oh, right, you need to have a house at one point. <laughs> I don't know when that point's supposed to happen nowadays. Uh, but, never. Um, but uh, it's like this idea that there's only one path and one linear path. And taking that idea and being like, no, that's not how everybody experiences relationships, especially people who love more than one person, mm-hmm. you know? polyamorous relationships that look very different and and it's this idea of not pushing the narrative that there this is the right way to have relationships or there's there's more than one way to have relationships no yeah exactly like there is no one singular proper way to exist and have relationships with other people Mm -hmm. and I think that's what I really like about queer stories especially when it comes to friends because my entire life I've always valued friendships like equally Mm -hmm. to quote-unquote romantic relationships I'm not really sure about where I stand in terms of my identity and romance because I don't know still figuring that out and that's okay but um it's just, it's nice to see experiences that are similar to my own because I value, uh, I value friendships so highly Mm -hmm. and sometimes it looks as if 
you know there's like this idea that you're supposed to value your partner above any other relationship yeah i've seen that sentiment a lot online and i personally can't relate to it either where it's like Mm -hmm. rather than relationships being more important than the other it's more on a basis of who do i want to invest my time into and who needs me most at this moment because let's say Mm -hmm. between i want to hang out with my partner on the weekend hypothetically and my mother calls and she's like i'm having a surgery i need help of course i'm gonna go help my mom and of course vice versa if i was going to hang out with my mother even if she was on the other side of the country if my partner needed help I would go to my partner and or my friend or whoever else in that example. It's not one person over the other. Mm-hmm. It's very um, situational. Mm-hmm. And it's not about how much you value the other person. Mm-hmm. In okay. comparison. I think that should be the end of what we have to say. Because I know we can talk for hours and hours on queer theory and... How to write queer characters, but we have a time limit to keep. Yeah. And on that note, if you do have any other questions, feel free to email us. Yes. You know, uh, LCWS. Laurier? Yeah, Laurier. Is that what her? LCWS at gmail.com. That's right. Okay. It's also in the description. LCWS Laurier. Yeah. So yeah, if you ever have any more questions about this, these sort of topics that we're talking about in our podcast, feel free to email us or reach out to us on our Discord. Yeah, or the Instagram, which is LCWSWLU, which is why I got that mixed up. So, thank you for coming, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.